Hey, Moving Forward listeners, I'd like to take a quick minute to tell you about my new books. If you've been following the podcast, you'll know that I helped bring my dad's business into the 21st century with Poshmark. I've documented everything we've done so you can start a business right from your closet or expand an existing business with an effective e-commerce solution, even if you don't have a large marketing budget or social media following. The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses is now available in paperback and for Kindle. You can also find the Poshmark Journal for Individuals and Small Businesses with worksheets to help you manage your inventory and negotiate effectively and confidently on the platform. Both titles are available on Amazon, where you can find quick access links at bemovingforward.com or in my link tree, which is in the show notes for today's episode. Start learning and moving forward today. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 333, the write-up, by the way, for episode 332 on how to access audiobooks from your library is now up at the website at bemovingforward.com, so I recommend you check it out, and I've gotten some pretty good response and reaction on that episode. Today, I'm just going to give a bunch of random updates, so I don't know that there's a central theme to today's episode, but I just want to share a little bit of what's going on and uh, on a couple of different areas. So I'm recording this on a Tuesday, and if you follow the podcast, you know I release episodes on a Thursday. By the time this episode airs, uh, I will be getting my first uh, vaccination shot. So I am looking forward to that. And uh, what's been interesting is just today uh, that uh, just following the news, it looks like the CDC and the FDA have recommended that... um, that the uh, Johnson & Johnson one-shot vaccine be paused for the time being due to some uh, side effects that have been reported. So that's been interesting to follow. So it looks like for the time being, we're going to be down to two vaccines, Moderna and Pfizer. And uh, I don't know which one I'll be getting, but um, uh, those, if you've gotten them or if you've read ab- about them, those are two-shot um uh, uh, doses. And, uh, thankfully my dad has already been vaccinated. So I've been working with him over the past year and a half and, um, he got his first shot in mid March and then his second one at the beginning of April and he's doing well. So I'm, I'm really pleased about that. But so it's been interesting just to see the news that's, that's coming out about, uh, all of this. And as we're continuing to move into the spring, we're also seeing, unfortunately, uh, news on the variants that have, uh, the, the the mutations on the virus that have uh, that have sprung up across the country and that's causing a surge in numbers. So we're at a very interesting point right now where we're uh, you know we're getting vaccinated and it looks like we're making progress on that. But I think we're also at a point where we still need to be cautious. But um, hopefully we're going to see where we're starting to see that light at the end of the tunnel. It's just that that tunnels we're at the the far end of it. But I'm hoping that by the time we get to the summer that uh, we're going to be back to some normalcy. Let me give a, um, I'm going to segue now into a uh, update on Poshmark. Speaking of which, that's one thing that I've been working with my dad over the past year and a half and putting a lot more time and energy into. And also, as some of you know, I've been uh, writing a book on uh, starting a business on Poshmark, specifically aimed not only at solo uh, sellers, but small businesses as well. But most recently, I talked about Poshmark with regards to its new feature, video. I just want to call back to that. That video has become 
a really incredible resource and an aspect of Poshmark that has been very beneficial for enhancing our listings. In fact, I will share one way that we have used video. Now, video, the most obvious way to think about video when it comes to listings is to create new listings and to use the video feature to showcase them, giving more of a 360 view or giving uh, more of a textured view than you would from simply getting photos. But you can also use video to update your current listings. And one way we've done that is to answer questions. So recently we had a potential customer ask about a a specific garment. She, She was asking a lot of specific questions, wanted to know details. And there are only so many photos you can take. So what we did was we actually took a 360 video. uh, uh, And if you listen to the prior episode, I'll have it linked in in the write-up for today's episode. Keep your video short, but try to capture uh, the most important parts of the garment, whether it's a 360 view or if it's answering a question, maybe it's a specific angle or specific aspect of it. So we just cut together a short 15 or 20 second video, uploaded it, and it really helped in terms of providing that additional information. So as I've talked about on the Poshmark mini series, it's a lot of this is about answering questions and just being very detail oriented and over uh, delivering when it comes to providing information. One other uh, update recently that Poshmark has uh, just introduced, I don't know exactly when, But I've noticed on some of our higher priced items that they're automatically marked for free shipping. So it looks like Poshmark is now offering free shipping for items that are above a certain amount. Now, this is a change because in the past, the only way for a customer to get free shipping is if a seller would offer that discount. If they offered a uh, discount, usually in a sale or a bundle negotiation, uh, they could do that for an offer. And the seller would usually eat the price of the shipping in that case. And for a higher priced item, oftentimes it's worth it. But now I've noticed in general, just on certain items, that uh, Poshmark has automatically labeled them as free shipping. But I don't know what the threshold is. I've tried looking it up. I haven't been able to find the exact dollar amount. So when I do, I will be sure to update all of you on a future episode about that. And speaking of Poshmark... Uh, I've had a couple of interesting developments with the manuscript, and I'm just waiting on them uh, over the next couple of weeks. So I should have an update for you soon. It's just uh, I'm kind of at a wait and see right now. So hopefully soon I'll be able to give you some definitive updates on that book. And uh, in the meantime, I do have the Poshmark miniseries linked in the miniseries page at bemovingforward.com, and I'll also have it linked in today's write-up. For the rest of this episode, and I guess if there were an overriding theme other than just random updates, it would have to do with the pandemic and just the past year and a half. But specifically, I'm going to talk about something that I haven't really talked about. It's more of a lighter topic. Weird tastes. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I have. Just being at home a lot and just adjusting to this weird new normal I've had a craving for foods that I haven't had in a very long time, and I've gone through phases. And these are things that I hadn't really thought about. I'll I'll give you case in point. Last year around this time, I had a real craving for peanut butter and jelly, 
And I hadn't had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for over a decade. And I was texting with a friend and she loves PB&J, has it every week. And when she was telling me about this, it all of a sudden triggered this craving for PB&J. And I don't think I would have had that uh, craving under normal circumstances, even texting with a friend about uh, PB&J. But I went out and got some. I got some chunky peanut butter. That's my preferred type of peanut butter. Smooth is okay, but I like you know having the, the little chunks of peanuts in there. And for jelly, I, I tend to go for preserves. I like the the stuff with the chunks of fruit in it. And I uh, got raspberry and uh, some really nice bread. And I have to say, it was fantastic. I went through a phase where for about a month, I was eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for about a month or two. I've gone through a granola bar phase. I don't typically eat a lot of granola bars, but uh, all of a sudden I had this this kind of craving for granola bars. And so I got this big box of granola bars. And the most recent one, probably the strangest one that I didn't think I would have a craving for this, but it just popped out of nowhere, was Spam. And Spam is actually something I've never been a huge fan of. It's okay. I had it when I was a kid. And I think I had it a couple of years ago, but it's not something I really think about. It's not something I normally keep in the house. And all of a sudden, I think I read an article about spam shortages. It was interesting. You know, every week we tend to read about a specific shortage, whether it's flour, whether it's uh, baking soda. And uh, spam, at least I knew for a little while, was also experiencing a little bit of a shortage. And easy to see why it's a source of protein. There are a lot of nutrients in it. And it's one of those things that you can just buy in bulk and stock in your shelf. But all of a sudden, I just wanted to try some spam. So I I managed to find some. I had to buy it uh, in bulk. And then uh, I started mixing it into some recipes like uh, vegetables, uh, rice and more pasta. And I found that it was actually pretty good as a garnish, maybe a little too salty for my taste, but uh, it wasn't bad. And it was actually pretty filling. So I went through about a month where I was eating spam in a lot of dishes that I was preparing. And I found that these cravings usually last about a month. So uh, if we're connected on social, I would love to hear about any weird cravings that you've had. And I've read articles that People are gravitating towards certain snack foods, but it's just something that I became, I was just taking stock of recently. The same has been true with my TV viewing habits. I'm not a big TV watcher normally. I'm uh, much more of a movie person, but I started getting sucked into a couple of shows and I'll just share a couple. The most odd one and one that I probably never would have watched under any other circumstances, but all of a sudden... I wanted to check out Married at First Sight, and I don't remember exactly why it was. Maybe it might have been an article. A lot of these things are triggered by articles that I'll come across randomly. But I wanted to uh, check it out, and uh, there's one season on Netflix, and I started there. And then I found that Hulu has a bunch of the seasons And if you're looking for, if you don't have Hulu or Netflix, if you go to YouTube, the show is produced by the Lifetime Network, and they have their own YouTube channel. They've actually uploaded a lot of their episodes for free, which you can watch on YouTube. But the premise of the show is really interesting. Basically, and I had no idea that this show had been around for so long. It's it's in its 11th or 12th season. The show visits different cities every season. And the premise is basically, it's a play on arranged marriage. 
And the idea is that people apply to be on this show. And I was amazed to see their numbers, like 30, 40, 50,000 people apply to get on this show. These three experts and their relationship were marriage counselors or uh, what have you, they narrowed down to a pool of about 200. And out of 200, they narrowed down to, th- what, three to five couples. So about six to 10 people, depending on the season and the city. And it's really interesting. They go through this this rigorous uh compatibility tests and background checks and all of this type of stuff. And these three experts do their best to match up people they think are going to be compatible for marriage. And the show starts out, the season starts out that the couples don't meet each other until their wedding day. That's when they meet. In the meantime, they've got to tell their friends and their family that they're participating in this. Think of it as like a sociological experiment. They do get married they spend eight weeks together, which can you imagine that? Just mar- meeting someone uh, or marrying someone at first sight and spending eight weeks for them. So they're thrown into marriage. And then at the end of the eight weeks, each couple has to decide whether they want to stay married or get a divorce. And I've read a couple of articles. They actually do get it. Uh, they really do get married for this. And it's fascinating. It's fascinating to see, and I've watched a couple of seasons of it, including one that was fairly recent in D.C. And I mean, it's just amazing to watch, and it just sucks you right in. So if you're looking for something different, you may want to give it a try. But it's just so interesting to see how these people react, how they adjust to being married to one another, especially not really knowing that person. So they're getting to know the person at the same time, trying to see if they can make a marriage work. And on the surface, when you just hear the premise, you think this is just a train wreck waiting waiting to happen. But what's interesting to see is at the end of each season, which couples end up staying together, which ones end up getting a divorce. And try this, if you do check out the show, at the beginning, when you're watching all the weddings, try to see if you can predict which ones will stay married and which ones will get a divorce. I don't have a great track record with it. I've done it with all the seasons I've watched, and I've been able to call a few of them, but... I I really haven't been able to predict with a high degree of accuracy which ones have made it and which ones haven't. Um, but it's really interesting to watch. And I've read a couple of articles that the average, the success rate is about 40%, which I was surprised by. But And then also to read that that's actually on par with the national average of marriage success rates for just, you know, the the regular population, people who meet the the old-fashioned way. And it's interesting. I was I was kind of blown away by that statistic and a friend of mine said that's either a commentary on the success of the show or a commentary on the sad state of marriage in this country. But uh, or it could be both, but if you're looking for something different, check it out. Like I said, one season on Netflix and there's a bunch on Hulu or check out the Lifetime YouTube channel. I've been also watching a lot of shows, uh, a couple of shows on Netflix that are a little bit darker in tone. I don't know if just, and I don't always gravitate towards darker material, but I've had a a friend, the same friend who she loves PB&J, recommended two shows. Uh, one is called You, and the other is Peaky Blinders. Uh, you is basically a twisted kind of romantic drama uh, but the main protagonist is is psychotic, this protagonist who's seeking love. There are two seasons so far, and the third season will be coming out. 
I think later this year. And I've started reading the book. So if you you want something a little bit more uh, in the uh, drama thriller genre, use a good one. Peaky Blinders is a period drama piece about Irish gangs in the, I believe, the 19, late 1920s, uh, 30s. Uh, so that era, and that's a, that's an intricate one. I, I'm on the second season right now. It's pretty good. My PB&J friend actually is a huge fan of it. She highly recommended it to me. There are about five seasons, and it's not bad. It's, it's pretty good. If you like something that's more of a character piece, period drama, uh, then that one might be for you. And then finally, I've also been watching uh, Black Mirror, which is kind of a, a sci-fi genre. Uh, it's There's... Uh, episodic so each episode is a contained story and it's about the dangers of technology taken to its horrible conclusion and uh, if you're looking for something a little bit dark it's like kind of like the old twilight zone if you ever saw twilight zone but more about technology in the modern era so uh, those are a couple of shows uh, that that i've been watching and they're all pretty good uh, if you're interested in learning more about what i'm reading lately that's always on the write-up But uh, that's it. I just wanted to give a couple of updates on a couple of areas. The write-up for this episode will be out in a couple of days, so as has been with the uh, episodes of the season. Uh, They'll be all available at bemovingforward.com, and you can just find them there. I hope you all have a great week. I'll be back next week.